You've tuned into a show called Mr and Mrs Binge Watch and you were expecting a spoiler free episode so there are many many spoilers on this episode kripya dhyan dijiye This is another episode of Mr and Mrs Binge Watch I am Anirudh Guha I'm sitting here with Mrs Binge Watch Janice Sequera and this is yet another episode from under lockdown i think we've recorded what four five i'm almost losing track of uh, the number of episodes we've done from our house uh, just like i'm losing track of pretty much everything else in life like what day of the week it is like what day of the week it is what the count of covid patients in the city is it's just that cost- only i know this keeping track of in this household i have officially stopped tuning into the news not because i want to be ignorant but uh, i've just realized it gives me too much anxiety yeah so well it's basic underlying point is that it's tough to keep track of things when you're basically holding uh, inside the house for so many days uh, on a trot but we are not complaining because we are privileged and we get access to groceries and electricity and water <laughs> and uh, internet which we should be glad about but this week we're going to talk about a show which I didn't think uh you know would have been the ideal watch under lockdown but it turned out to be and that is season 2 of Afterlife. Mm. Now Afterlife is a show that was written created directed by Ricky Gervais in season 1. He also plays the lead role of Tony on the show uh and it's set in a fictional uh British town called Tambury. Uh and he's a guy who works as a journalist at the Tambury Gazette. and who's just recently lost his wife i'm talking about season 1 which came out last year and essentially that's what the show is about it's about a man grieving uh, the death of his wife and you know i mean when i was watching season 1 of the show janice i didn't know what to expect from it actually i went in given that it's ricky jervais and we're used to a certain kind of humor and comedy and the fact that he's so great at slapstick um i was expecting uh after life to be this really really funny show but what i was really pleasantly surprised by was how subtle the humor was uh and the fact that it really is uh, a show about death grief and about how life can change with the passing away of uh, of a loved one right so tonally i found that show to be very different from what you'd expect from a jervais show what did you think about it i know i mean we've always thought of ricky jervais as that guy right i mean he's the legend uh, comic who created the mockumentary series the office he's done funny shows like extras he's the guy at multiple award shows in hollywood whether it's the golden globes or the oscars i don't know if he's hosted an oscars but you know what i'm saying he's the guy who goes up on stage and does those really outrageous uh monologues where he goes after all the big celebrities and all the richy riches in the room and literally takes their pants off so whether you're amazon whether you're jeff bezos or whether you're isis or like tom cruise he won't spare you yeah and he was especially savage at this year's golden globes yeah it felt particularly vindictive this year yeah and no i mean it's it's also part of his charm right so he did this whole act at the golden globes where he arrived with a glass of beer in his hand and he said that you know i might be the worst person to do this job and he pretty much went after everyone right he basically uh, uh went after martin scorsese for being anti marvel uh he made fun of how old the cast of uh, you know his movie is 
of the Irishman is he made fun of Leonardo DiCaprio. He said that when he went to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. by the end of the movie, his girlfriend was too old for him. Uh, <laughs> you know, making a dig at how he tends to date women half his age. So, no, no, but I think my favorite line from that speech is uh, when I think the whole room went dead quiet is when he's like, you know, if ISIS starts a talent management company or a streaming service, you guys are going to be calling your agent, right? Basically to make, take, take a pot shot at everyone's morals or the lack of it. Yeah, yeah. he also said that, you know, uh, pretty much everybody in this room was afraid of Ronan Farrow <laughs> uh, and uh, took a pot shot at Felicity Huffman and the entire scandal that she was involved in where she bribed the college that her, her, her daughter, daughter went yeah. to. So he's especially savage. Uh, what's good about Afterlife is that he's modeled the character of Tony on himself. Uh, so the whole idea is, so I'll just quickly give a little insight on season one uh, before we get into the real conversation, which is about season two, uh, is that in season one, he's basically playing a guy who's extremely sardonic, uh, who is uh, just like uh, Gervais on Glo- Golden Globes nights is extremely uh, unrelenting when it comes to taking the pants of people. And he's basically coming from a place of extreme sadness and disgust. Mm. In fact, in season one, the entire arc is that he calls his ability to be rude to people as some sort of a superpower. Because he believes that is his defense mechanism, right? Yeah, to be brutally honest. To be brutal, not just brutally honest, to actually be sarcastic at all times because he believes that he's been dealt such a rough hand in life. Uh, why the hell should he be good to anybody at all? Like he does not believe in goodness, niceness or any of that. So that provided some really, uh, that created scope for some really funny Ricky Gervais like moments. For example, he goes after his postman Pat, Uh, you know, he's constantly pulling the leg of his photographer companion who comes with him on some of the most bizarre stories that he's covering. My favorite moment of season one was this one guy who basically believes that after a leakage has happened on his wall, <laughs> the, the the leakage resembles the face of Kenneth Branagh. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, this really well-known actor and director. Uh, and the joke was, and this is a real in-joke for, for people who really follow the movies and know what Kenneth Can Branagh you- looks like is that, you know, Tony comes out of the house and says, what the hell did he mean that that looked like Kenneth Branagh? Every stain looks like Kenneth Branagh. (laughs) Basically because Kenneth Branagh has such an every man-like face. And so I really enjoyed the humor of that show. Uh, And I was also a little taken aback by the fact that, you know, there were all these really sad moments like, like his wife having left him messages from the deathbed. Uh, so I would say season one of Afterlife was like something you'd not expect and it took you by surprise. And so when season two came out now, you didn't, again, like I was wondering if he'd just build on that or he would go back to, or he would take a completely different, uh, uh, you know, route. And you also wondered if it'd be able to live up to season one. And I think season two was way better than season one was. I think for me in season two, the show became less about uh, maybe the lighthearted laugh out loud moments and more about now how this character was really beginning to come around and starting to heal, which sort of felt like every episode felt like there was a definite arc of hope just when he would start to feel like he's in the shits again. 
but it was bringing out his softer side it was bringing out his more sensitive side the conversations he's had with people in season 2 are all about sort of like i love the moments where he takes his co-workers out for coffees yeah. every time they are down in the dumps about something but those end up being conversations where he's talking to them about his dead wife but yet there's a message over there as well because by the end of it it's like he's gotten over this one slight hump that maybe he didn't know how to get over himself yeah what's essential to note and i'm going back to the point that you made about how he took his colleagues out for coffee and all of that is that the difference between the season 1 arc of tony and season 2 arc is that he's a lot more empathetic this time yeah it's almost like he believed his superpower was to be a complete asshole and that worked for him to a point until it stopped working and now when season 2 opens it again opens with him being in an extremely depressed state so actually when you think about it his character is dealing with the exact same problems as he did in season 1 so it's not like there's been any growth as such in terms of his issues where there has been growth has been in the way the character deals with it uh and the fact that you thought so you know when you think of afterlife when you look back at 3 4 how many ever long seasons it is you are basically seeing the story of a man going through the entire gamut of having dealt with the loss of his wife right yeah. so it was like phase 1 was denial right and now phase 2 is almost him accepting what has happened and still um you know failing to entirely deal with it but yeah you're right those scenes were really good because you take people you're also showing that he's doing something nice and kind which is unlike tony but he's getting something really good out of it too right yeah. and of course the scenes with penelope wilton uh, who's also another widow who's mourning the loss of her husband and a long marriage that she's had with her spouse those scenes are i think by far my favorite i know there are no yeah, one's favorite yeah. i know you love those scenes as yeah. well because you know i think in season 1 also when he was being an asshole to everyone else and being brutally honest or telling them off it's only with the scenes with penelope wilton that you'd see a slightly hurt a slightly yeah, more sensitive yeah. side and in this season they've taken that to a whole new level where it's almost therapeutic for him and her to hang out together in this graveyard talk about the people they've loved and lost and to sort of you know talk about how they're going to move on from this chapter in their lives right yeah 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 and you know actually even in season 1 you're absolutely right <laughs> the character played by penelope wilton her introduction which i think happened around the third fourth episode i don't remember because it's been a year since i've watched it is what really marks the turnaround in his character yeah you know like even the first season really benefited from her introduction and i think they've taken it a step ahead in season 2 of course uh, and you're right all the scenes are extremely nice and heartwarming i mean if i have to sum the entire show up uh it's one of those heartwarming heartbreaking you know sort of warm hugs that you would require at a time like this so i mean there are two ways to look at it right either you're watching something that is occasionally funny and that gives you some sort of a respite during these troubled times but more than that i feel after life is a very cathartic show mm. you know like if you can have a real good cry Uh, and that's great because sometimes that's what you need to deal with the stress right you know here's what i'm thinking and just to sort of compare with the times that we're living in and compare that with the life of tony on screen in afterlife it's like we're all dealing with something unreal and something none of us expected to happen in our lifetime right and there are days when you're like will this shit ever end 
but then by the end of the episode just like tony you realize that there is another chapter there or another or something hopeful to look forward to that allows you to move to another day and for me that was really the point yeah. like that's why i think i enjoyed actually watching the show in lockdown in season 2 you know like with you i didn't probably think so much about season 1 i thought it was a cool show fun show interesting show but season 2 and maybe the time that we live in sort of made the show even more cathartic and also sort of brought it home for me no surely it and also this was a better season and uh, you know it's interesting now it will be interesting to see how so many of these shows deal with lockdown in their storytelling in future because like like for example if you're watching the season 3 of of afterlife is tambri gone under lockdown for example <laughs> and how is that adding to his grief or how is he doing to deal with that All right, so time now for us to pick our scene stealer of the week, and I think both Anirudh and I are in agreement that it's Kerry Godleyman who plays Lisa Johnson or Ricky Gervais, aka Tony Johnson's deceased wife. So actually, you know, Lisa's character only appears to the audience in home videos and, like, you know, in messages that she's sort of, you know, recorded for him from her deathbed. Correct. But even in that, I mean, she's so good. You know, it's like because the way she talks to him and the one I. I remember in particular she talks to him on a particular day like have you showered i need you to go shower you know like no you haven't i know you're still watching this go and shower it's almost like she knows her husband so well that she is sort of that conversation and that authenticity of the conversation comes through even in this season in season 2 she's pretty much there through happier home videos whether it's their wedding whether she's hosting someone's anniversary or birthday so she's like that little happy moment because whenever she's on screen tony's happy we're happy it's a nice moment on screen yeah and the thing about her is that uh, you know even though they have such few scenes with each other and so much of it is her just talking to him on video camera it just feels like they have chemistry right even through the camera they have chemistry it's almost like you get a better understanding of who tony is as a person mm. because it's like you almost realize so lisa is this basic basically this uh, you know ball of warm sunshine and light and happiness all the time yeah. and it's almost like you understand why he is as upset as he is because she was this one source of constant happiness which has now been taken away um you know leaving behind this complete void uh which also actually brings me to the wow moment of the season which is this really cool so there are a series of like you said video recordings right home video recordings yeah. or just very um uh very uh, spontaneous kind of tony recording lisa and their dog moments and there's this one really cute moment where they're both drunk one night uh and uh, that and she's she's passed out and he's talking about how she looks dead <laughs> and you know she makes a joke about how she'll be the first one to die and he actually says yes you will be and then you cut back to him sitting and watching that video and feeling like absolute shit about it and it's so relatable relatable right because it's the kind of humor that you would expect people to have where they constantly talk about who is going to die first Yeah. and then it just hits you how you know the irony of those two moments one which is extremely happy and playful and the other where he's just basically uh, reliving that memory which is extremely heartbreaking is so interesting i mean like not to make this even more morbid but uh, let's be honest too many of us and especially couples are constantly having this joke between the other right to say like oh who's going to go for 
first, me or you? And you know, uh, will you cry? Or you know, who will speak at my funeral? I don't know. Am I the only one who's planned my funeral already, or wants, or knows what I want my funeral? Quite to possibly, like? yeah. You Please, could... you have to. Okay, don't pretend. So you can write down those notes and give it to me, so that when Afterlife needs to have an India version, so this is like I a can... meta, meta. Like we're I talking can... about Ricky Gervais's on-screen character talking to his wife about who will die first. Now we're recording a podcast about it and having this discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So imagine if something actually happens. So instead of the video recording, we'll have this podcast for me to go over. No, basically, yeah. People are going to talk about how we talked about death within death within death. Sure, Janice. Uh, ideal time to have this conversation with coronavirus around us and people dying quite often. And with you being really paranoid about it, yes, of course. Bring yeah. the best time. Yeah, being paranoid, I think, is the best way to be at a time like this. And you know, there's a new mantra, you guys. It's called the paranoid ones will actually win the fight against COVID-19. And yeah, but I think that now my levels of paranoia have now over 45 days, I feel leveled them themselves out 50 days 50 days <laughs> 51 two days now i'm saying they've leveled themselves out because i feel everybody around me is paranoid now yeah. so maybe on day one i was like among the few paranoid people but i feel like that uh, virus has spread uh, so to speak uh, but i mean uh, just to wrap it up on our binge meter i would say afterlife is like a cup of hot chocolate right because it makes you feel warm and gooey and nice inside when you have it and i feel that's exactly how afterlife makes you feel you know it has its heartbreaking moments it has its haha funny moments but at the end of the day it feels like a real nice warm hug that you need at a time like this hey that's actually what your warm hugs make me feel like sometimes oh <laughs> So fake. Yeah. So fake. <laughs> right, that guys. was like the fakest. Yeah. Oh, ever. But see, I can do it uh, at the drop of a hat. You want me to do it again? No. Oh. Alright, guys, that was yet another episode of Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch. Anirudh and I will be back next week talking about another show, another show we'd like you guys to binge watch, another show that we're recommending. And of course, if you guys have any shows that you think we should watch and discuss, hit us up on social media. I'm at JaniceTech85 on Twitter and Instagram. Anirudh is at Aniguha on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, you can listen to a bunch of podcasts like this on the IBM network. Just go to the IBM podcast app or check them out on ibmpodcast.com We'll see you next time Until then Happy binging And stay safe